up your wine. It's time for Rosé All Day and Julie's a Mess, where we talk about current events and living in an intersex life. And now, here's Julie. Hi, everybody. It is episode 22 of Rosé All Day, Julie's a Mess. I'm just Julie, and I'm coming to you live from my podcast studio in this wonderful town in Nebraska. (laughs) Sorry, I'm super giddy today because um, it has been a week already and it's only Tuesday. So thank God I get to drink tonight. Uh, Let's get right into it. I am having what? A rosé. I mean, hello. That is the name of the show. And tonight I am having... I got two a couple of weeks ago. When Michael Booth was on just a couple of short weeks ago, I had one from Monkey Theorem. They had two rosés out. Uh, So this is the second from Monkey Theorem. So I drank the first one with Michael Booth. It is wine in a can. It's from 2018. It is courtesy of a friend of mine, Angie, from Gittin' Spit. Um, anyway, let's try it. Let's see what, let's see if we like it in my special XX wine tumbler. It kind of smells like ass. I mean, I'm not, I mean, I don't know if you can say it's, it's nice. It tastes good, but if you're one of those wine bouquet smellers where you pop open your wine and you're like, don't do this because it totally smells like some of the beef refineries here in Nebraska. (laughs) But, you know, girl's on a budget. She needs to get sloshed. So monkey theorem, thank you tonight. And we will try another rosé next week. Guys, let's get to who our guest is tonight. Tonight, we have the wonderful, charming, and and I can't even speak tonight after one sip, um, (laughs) engaging, Paul Hildenbrand. Hello. Hey. Hi, Paul. Paul's joining us all the way from Florida. Which, Miami, Florida. You know, Miami. <laughs> what do you, Paul, what do you what do you think people think of when they say when they hear Miami and they've never been? What do you think one of the first things they think of is? Uh Will Smith. And the whole party scene and the beaches. And there's nothing else to do here. Go to the beach, shop, drink. I mean, I'm an 80s kid, so I always think cocaine. I just watched Cocaine Cowboys. I'll go there. I think cocaine and South Beach. And I've never been. You know, I always pass Miami on the way to Key West, but that's what I think of. And maybe the Golden Girls. That's the neighborhood I live in, pretty much. Please, you're probably in Blanche's bedroom. (laughs) I'm not mad at you. So, Paul, for everybody listening or joining us in the live studio this evening watching, hi, Blair. Hi, some of the other people that are joining us. Um, How do we know each other? Oh, well, we know each other through Disney, but not at Disney. We We know each other from Area 3 events, which Area 3 Foundation is pretty much surrounded by Disney people. It's designed for it. So basically, I can say drink around the world. Drink around the world. I mean, 
in a wheelchair. <laughs> in the wheelchair. With My fabulous favorite. hair, but in a wheelchair. People are like, do you need a wheelchair? I'm like, well, yes. I mean, well, that's big. Oh. It, we all need a wheelchair, right? Yeah, now. people don't realize how much walking yeah. Disney parks in Florida require of you. It's a lot of walking. I mean, there have been times you walk so much up and down hills at Animal Kingdom that I've thought, I'm just going to slip my wrist open and lay on the ground and hope a tiger eats me. Like, well, it's a lot of walking. <laughs> I'm hang myself from the tree of life. No, I'm kidding. So, okay. So we are moving right along. We're going to talk about Area 3 Foundation a little bit later in the show. It is one of my passionate causes. Uh, Paul is very involved in that organization, sits on the board. Uh, a lot of our friends are, actually. But we're going to talk more about that a little bit later on because it is a charity that is near and dear to my heart, his as well. And, and that's part of the reason we're doing the show tonight. Um, also, uh, hi, Russell Johns Associates. Hi from a few of the Russell Johns team, which is my team. So um, I'm really excited that they're in, engaged and involved in watching as well. Current events. It has been a week already. And, uh, you know, having a show on Tuesday, you're able to kind of grab events that happened at the tail end of last week going into the new week. But then there are always a lot of things that pop out on Mondays and Tuesdays. Um, so we are going to talk about two that really caught my eye this week. And the first one being, you know, the fact that I used to live in Florida for forever and you're in Miami now and, uh, everything that's been going on in the last year surrounding Florida and a particular governor, Ron DeSantis. So Ron DeSantis came out this week and said, if any schools or teachers push the mask mandate of wearing a mask in schools in Florida, whether that's at the private or public level, they typically could lose school funding, lose their salaries, and maybe get fired. What is the pushback? I mean, in a state that runs rampant, and Jenny and I just talked about last week or two weeks ago about how um, y'all are back up to almost a thousand new cases a day. Yeah. Right. Yep. How are people responding to the news of that with with Governor DeSantis? Well, I live in a more progressive area when it comes to that. I think a lot of people are uh, shook. They don't really understand how to take it. You have. Uh, people on one side that are more interested in, in uh, uh, the safety of their children by not getting the vaccine, but then I, I don't know. It's just the whole the, the whole mask thing, the whole vaccine thing, the whole defunding of schools, and that's I mean, come on, that's just wrong. There's so many wrong things about it. I mean, I think because there's so many kids in some of these public and private institutions in Florida. I went to a private school in Florida and we still had a lot of students. I, on some level, you think, OK, everybody's at their own peril when it comes to vaccinations and what they feel like they need to do in a situation of the pandemic. But something as little as sending your kid to school in a mask. Look, let's be honest. Kids are kids. 
they're probably not going to keep the mask on all day and they're probably not going to wear it right. And they'll probably come home wearing it like a yarmulke or it may be tied to a backpack or they'll turn it into a friendship bracelet. But I would rather send everybody with a mask in the hopes that teachers don't get sick and end up having to take extended leaves through most of the year. Like, I mean, everything is culpable when you're thinking, it's a school and education and we still need to keep some kind of normalcy in the schools. Right. You don't want to. So I, when I read that, I just thought you were kidding me. And I also thought, how is he still governor? He has not made a lot of choices in this past year that have rung popular with a lot of the voters, no matter where your party lines are in Florida. Well, that's true, but you know, he, has a lot of support, a lot of supporters in Central and North Florida, um, and some South. But uh, the thing about it is, when you actually did kind of weigh it out between the uh, the person that was running against him and his issues and what happened with that, it's almost kind of like, well, yeah, we picked the right person. But then you see him doing something like this and mandating uh, uh, school not wearing masks where we all know this is a pandemic still. We are not supposed to gather again because of that. Well, you know, logical people. Uh, and then he wants to show all those kids together in one class without masks. I mean, anyone can really see that where that is so wrong. But I get the whole thing, trying to get back to you know normalcy and uh, get the kids back into school because it is a strange time and they have very developed, not developed minds yet. And it brings it into abnormal issues whenever they get older with uh, not being in a normal situation right now. So I get it, the normalcy and getting it back to it, but yeah. It's just, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Going from this, we're going into uh, the other law. It was an actual law that was passed in Texas In Texas, as of last week, you no longer need a permit to carry a gun. So if you want to carry a gun in Texas, or if you just want to carry a gun and you'd like to carry it all the time and not have any rhyme or reason behind it, and you just want to carry it, move to Texas. Because clearly everybody, I mean, it makes me laugh. It reminds me of the line from... Um, I just thought of this, but it reminds me of the line from Miss Congeniality where um, Murphy Brown, I mean, that's not her name, Candace Bergen, Bergen, where she says, this is Texas. Everybody has a gun. My florist has a gun. Like, that's what I think of now because I just see everybody in Texas walking around with guns. Um, and the only reason I would have a gun in Texas is for rattlesnakes, but you can't shoot them <laughs> to protect it. So that would, that would, I just, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's safe for just to say, hey, nobody needs a permit. Everybody can carry a gun. I don't know if that's going to work out so well. I don't think it is either. I think there's a lot of things to consider, especially uh, people that have criminal records, the people that have mental issues. I mean, the list can go on. I don't think it's- Some of those Dallas, some of those Dallas housewives. She was, could you? I can just see it on Bravo now. What, bitch? <laughs> well, it would make for good television, that's for sure. 
It would be. I should go on that show so I can walk around and be like, I got my gun. Welcome <laughs> me to Texas. I used to live in Texas. It's a beautiful state, but you just think. And we were talking about it. You're a flight attendant now. Yes. After Disney. And uh, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, too. But we had just said kind of in the pre-green room before coming on the live that a lot of people, I don't know if they just are unaware or maybe they've never, they don't know the ins and outs. I think, I think I know the ins and outs. I think some people that fly a lot are aware and know the ins and outs, especially after um, uh, the Twin Towers and what went down at the beginning of that decade. But every flight has an air marshal on it. Not necessarily known to the passengers, but certainly known to the crew. And they've got a gun. But, you know, now I think I, I would hope that the rules are still for Texas, that you go to the airport, you still have to check your gun. I would hope that that's still, but I don't know how that works. Because if you're flying, if you can have open permit and you're flying from Houston to Austin, can you bring your gun on, on the plane? Uh, that would actually end up being an FAA rule that that can't happen. But there are particular people that do have permits. We're talking FBI. Uh, even actually some of our um, pilots uh, carry, um, believe it or not. But they have to be uh, in a certain situation. Of they, they need to let us know. They need to let the company know. Uh, they go through certain steps before they even get to the plane. And... Um, yeah, so I hate to disappoint you, but yes, there are guns on planes. It doesn't disappoint me. I mean, look, I'm one of the original Charlie's Angels, so I carry a gun <laughs> with me. <laughs> Somebody called me an angel last night on TikTok Live. He was like, you're really like an angel. And I was like, I knew what he was talking about because we were talking about sharing my story and being very having a very public platform. But when he said it, I literally got like all swoony and, and like, oh, he just called me an angel. Like he knows, like I should be like, here's my Charles Townsend business card and anything <laughs> that you need figured out, I will jump in my white and blue Cobra and go check it out for you. Um, <laughs> so we are now moving into uh, with Paul, Julie's a mess. And everybody that's watched the show, I do want to say hi to Sharon Baswell, who just joined uh, our chat as well. Hi, Sharon. Uh, we know her as Sea Baby around these parts. Anyway, um, I did want to mention really fast, we have a lot of people that watch live, but then they don't necessarily comment. And I don't know that they know that they can. So if you're ever watching and you're watching the YouTube channel, you can go into the live chat. And you can comment and we will see those comments as they pop up. And sometimes it's great because sometimes I run out of questions during the later segments of the show. And it's great to be able to pull from the chat room. Uh, but anyway, Julie's a mess for those that have been watching for 22 episodes or listening for just as long is a part of the show where I tell a story from my illustrious past. And then my guests each week gets to, based on how they know me and what they know about me and the time they've spent with me, they get to try and figure out the ending. Now, Jenny did really well a couple of weeks ago. She, I mean, she, yeah. she finished it. My friend Charlie, he does really well because he knows me really well. Um, and sometimes they're easier and sometimes they're harder. 
I did tell Paul before the show, I had not planned a story for this week. So we're going to try an improv trick, which is where I'm going to ask Paul for a suggestion, a one-worded suggestion, and off of that, and it can be anything, um, but I'm going to give him that opportunity in a few seconds. And then off of that suggestion, I have to tell a true story from my past. So it works the same way that Julie the Mess has been working, uh, but it'll help kind of stimulate for me, you know, if he were, I'm not going to put words in his mouth right now because I don't want to sway the suggestion. But whatever he says, I then have to go through my Rolodex of memories really fast and pick something that matches that suggestion. Um, and then we'll go from there. So close your eyes, Paul. Clear your mind. This is where I hypnotize you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I need a one-word suggestion. It can be any word. What's your word? Bangs. What is it? Bangs. Bangs. Tell me, do you have anything, anything, please? Because I know that's a girl's worst nightmare when they cut their own bangs or when they just doesn't work. So this is my bang story, but it doesn't really have to do with bang. But that's a great thing about suggestive. And when people have suggestions, you tell something that's tied to that. And as soon as you said bangs, I thought of this story. So that's the one we're <laughs> going to go with. But, um, but it doesn't really, for me, have anything necessarily to do with bangs. But when I was in grade school, you know, we were talking about schools earlier with the math stuff going on in Florida. But when I was in grade school, uh, it was hard for me to make friends. And I, I was very engaging and funny and just like I am now. But you, I mean, you're young and you're trying to figure out where you fit. And sitting in desk in a classroom, especially when you have, I always used to try and sit like not in the very front, but like maybe like two rows in. So um, I could still see the teacher because that was important for me to like be able to see them and the way I learn and everything else. But I always also worried about all the kids sitting behind me. And so uh, I was in grade school and I had this really cute girl that used to sit behind me. And so I'm talking like, this is like first grade. Okay. So first grade, I probably would have been around five, five or six, I think. Yeah. Um, around six. So my, now my dad used to take my older brother and I to go get our haircuts. And whenever we would go in, he always asked for an Ivy League cut. He would always say, I want my boys to have an Ivy League cut, which for my dad meant um, short and tight on the sides, a little bit longer on the top. So you could like part it or comb it, you know, for church or whatever. But it was very like Ivy League, Harvard-esque, 1950s, short on the sides, tapered in the back. Right. I mean, we both got that haircut for like... Yeah eons i'm sure my dad still gets that haircut like he's like <laughs> like an ivy league cut. so um and he was proud that we always looked presentable 
It was a cute haircut, right? I think in high school, I was like, I want to get a crew cut. Are you okay with that? And he was like, yeah, run my bed. <laughs> but, um, but up until that point, it was very like tight, tapered, long around the top. So kind of like you would have bangs, kind of. Anyway, um, so my first grade teacher, her name was Mrs. Yarborough. I loved her. Side note, I got her Valentine candy like everybody does every year. And I thought I would be really cool because, you know, when when you're a kid and you take your teacher gifts, everybody puts everything on her desk. And I thought, I want to be the one that's like, surprise. Yeah, I got you the same thing. Everybody else got you. But surprise, my dumb ass stuck my chocolate in her desk drawer because of the Alabama heat. It swelled and she went to go open her desk and she couldn't get her desk open. And then when she finally got her drawer open, the chocolate was everybody. And she was like, who did this? And I was like, who would do something stupid like that? I put a note in it, though, that said, like, happy. So, I mean, she knew. I was like, I just wanted to be different, Miss Charborough. Anyway, um, it was different. She probably never forgot it. I'm loving my cheekbones right now. I love them, too. I'm loving them. And... I'm, I mean, somebody's like, you have great cheekbones. I'm going to be like, it's from all my skills. <laughs> it's not my contour. It's because I'm a good, no, I'm just kidding. Let's not say that. We're not <laughs> taking the show and driving it off the cliff just yet. So uh, anyway, going back to the bang story. So I had this cute little girl that used to sit behind me. And um, she would always joke that she was going to cut my hair. She would always be like, we'd be in class. I don't know what we'd be learning, how to glue popcorn onto a drawn tree for a popcorn (laughs) tree. But she would be like, I'm going to cut your hair. And she was always playing with the back of my hair. Right. I love that. Well, who doesn't love that? Right. In a romantic relationship, who wouldn't love that? But in first grade... Yeah, I liked it too, because you know I've always that's you know touch me at any age. But in that that let, let's strike that from the comments. Maybe don't touch me at any age, but well, maybe touch me, touch me at any age. Um, it's this monkey theorem line. Anyway, I went home one day from school, and my dad freaked. And he was like, what is this? And I was like, what is what? Like, I had no clue because, you know, I had no clue. She literally had been cutting my hair. Every time that she said she was going to cut it, she'd use those dull craft scissors and she was cutting patches out of the back of my hair. So we talk about bangs and how people always cut their bangs and like they freak out. She literally was, I probably look like a small chemo patient in like the first grade she was cutting she was cutting my hair oh man she was cutting it and you were so laser focused on what the teacher was saying because you were a good student that you didn't feel the dull scissors on the back of your head and (laughs) (laughs) who knows i don't know like would you feel, I don't know if you'd feel it. Like I just, I, cause 
it it reminds me of that. I mean, this is not really, it's still Julia Mess because, you know, I didn't let you finish it really, which is my fault, but I'm going to blame it on the line. But, um, you know, we, we mix it up at this show. It's different every time. She, I didn't want her to get in trouble though. You know, oh. like, I mean, that's the crux of it too, is my dad's like, do I need to go talk to this person that sits behind you? And I was like, um, I'm like, do you think she's going to be a career criminal if we don't stifle this early? Like, look, I kind of want to know. I don't know her. I don't remember her name, but I kind of want to know if she became a hairstylist. Like, <laughs> maybe she's a Michael Booth, right? Maybe she has That's her own true. shop now. Yeah. Hopefully Maybe she's in prison for shanking somebody with scissors. I don't know. It was Alabama. That was I good. Know. I love that. That's the- I just think like when I went home and my dad goes, what is this? And I literally was like, what, what do you mean? What is this? I got in so much trouble. I was like, I can't see behind me. I know teachers and you and mom probably have eyes in the back of your head. I don't. And if I do, they have cataracts. I can't see what she's doing. Well, I guess that's the first time that girl has cut a bitch. Let's hope that it doesn't have that it didn't continue. So I know. <laughs> I know. With dull craft scissors. I think that too, when you think about haircutting, and that's what that's why people, you know, when they're young, that's what kids often get their hands on anyway when they cut their own bangs is those dull rounded that are more saw than cut. Like you have to pull the hair and then kind of like do this with it. I have a few. They don't uh, cut. Yeah. I have a few um, school pictures with that being done this way up here, down here across. So yeah. Like Tetris. That's why like Tetris or that's probably what happened with a flock of seagulls. True. Inspiration. We were grew up in the 70s going into the 80s. I mean, that's exactly what it was. Wish that we did grow up in the 80s because then that would have been really cool. Yes. That would have that would have actually like been a a a school thing now, you know, after that you would create a trend. Yeah, it would have been so much better than a bowl cut. True. Yeah, which is what we are. Which is worse. I'm so excited. I'm not to interrupt the live, but uh, I do get panicked and anxious. Yep. Just leave it outside. Thank you. Um, As I yell at the delivery man, I was saying earlier, I think it's because I made fun of Jess Bezos spaceship on, uh, on, yeah, the penis one. Because ever since I've done that, and and maybe Alexa was listening and she reported it back to Jeff but ever since I did that show, all of my Amazon packages arrive late in the night. Hmm. So that's who that was. I was like, you can just drop it outside. You don't have to make an announcement. You know, Maybe I need a sign from my door that was like recording in progress. But um, I'm really excited because it's my booby tape. You know, after you have breast surgery, you have to put silicone tape on the scar lines. And... Um, this dress is super cute, but I'm not wearing my compression bra tonight and it's digging into my um, incisions. So I'm like, oh, after this show, I'm totally getting that silicone tape and I'm taping these puppies up. Oh, but you That's know, pain is beauty and beauty is pain. 
Do you love them? Do they feel good? Do you like touching them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, I did say I like getting touched. Yeah. yeah, that's true. You did say that. I did say that. And um, not to talk about my personal life, but, you know, guys are lining up to like touch them. We, we've joked around a lot on here about how I should have sold raffle tickets. <laughs> like every ticket's $5. It'll go in a hat. If your name is drawn, I keep all the money, but you get to uh, hold them and play with them and touch them. I would be in so much trouble because I think I would still be using that mantra for like the next 10 years. Like we're having a raffle. You want to be the first? I know I've had them for 10 years, but you can hold, I mean, like, I mean, Shane, Jenny's husband was like, come on over. I was like, we're going to get in so much trouble. I'm going to get in so much trouble. Like, Isn't he a sweetheart? He, I mean, Shane. yeah, he's gorgeous. Oh yeah, he's super gorgeous, but the and a sweetheart. But he has substance. And yes. Guess who's gonna be in Italy with him in a couple months? You travel everywhere. Y'all travel everywhere. I've always wanted to go to Italy. Can I get in on this? Bring it. Come on. Come on. I mean, I need to get my passport updated, and that's why I'm suing Alabama, so I may not be able to go, but. We need to go. You go on great trips. You just had a 50th birthday. Yes, I did. And you look 25 still. Thank so, you. um, and, you're, yeah, and you went to New York for that. Yeah, I have a house up in New York that we've been uh, uh, fixing up, uh, renovating. And it's a slow process, but um, I had a friend that turned 50 last year. And all of his plans was just dashed because of the COVID thing. And I said, what I'm going to do my birthday, I'm going to be in a place where it is uh, safe for everyone. This is before the um, vaccinations were even announced. And I just wanted to make it easy. So we basically uh, all went to my house area and uh, just chilled out. And it's an Amish country area. So, I mean, like we were... It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. it was wide open and it was great because no one was around. And But by the time everybody has been vaccinated so we should have gone somewhere else more interesting but I'm and now you're going to italy yeah now you're going to italy with shane and jenny who else helen, is going helen has stark is going um i think that's it i think actually shockingly i think simon penny might be there well, oh, I know exactly. Well, he works over in France, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he lives over in Paris, so it's you know a train right away. But uh, I'm not sure the whole. Uh, I, I think he might be just coming to visit or something like that. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm all for planning a a trip to the Omafi coast, and yeah. we can go in a couple of years and invite everybody again, and we can all swim topless. <laughs> And I'll get yeah. myself a rich, um, in Italy, I'll get myself a rich yeah. financier. Exactly. And, you know, you can do the auction there as well, you know, where people can, but you yes. know, they, they would be lining up for that. You know? They would be. You know, Italian men, they'd be like, rrr, rrr, like vampires. <laughs> Jenny will help. Jenny can sell tickets. It'll be, all, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> um, speaking of all the wonderful people we just mentioned, they are all a part of a greater thing that you and I hold dear to our hearts. 
Um, and I mentioned it a little bit in the blog that I wrote last week, the blog post I wrote last week about getting ready for some of the shows that we have coming up on here. But I think I love it too, because not a lot of people know about it. It's still kind of one of those small foundations. People that are connected to it know about it, but the greater general public may not know about it. And I think it's a great thing. And I always push on my end um, if you're looking for a good charity to, to donate to that you necessarily maybe are not connected to. Uh, but I always set it up like this, but we'll talk about that. So Area 3 Foundation, uh, Helen has Stark started it, correct? And correct. I'll let you talk about that a little bit. But for those that are listening at home, this is a foundation that was started in Orlando, Florida, by former cast members that were a part of the entertainment family. And so when I say entertainment, a lot of the people that I used to work with will say entertainment parades and shows, but anybody that was in the department of 384 at Walt Disney World is considered a former entertainment cast member. And the foundation was set up to provide scholarships and funding to cast members that are going on to pursue other venues after Disney but it also helps out with crisis needs. And then scholarships are often given to kids of those former cast members. Really anybody that applies for those scholarships uh, can be in on that. But I often tell people, if you're looking for a good charity to donate to, and, and there are so many good charities out there, if you've ever gone to a Disney park and experienced a wonderful memory, either by watching a parade, watching a show, engaging with a with a character of any kind, whether that be Cinderella or Pluto, what a great way to give back to a foundation that supports and uplifts all of those entertainment cast members. So Paul, tell us about your involvement with the Area 3 Foundation and anything that I didn't cover, and let's kind of talk about where it came from. Well, you're absolutely correct. You're actually correct. It is uh, meant to enhance the life of current and former character performers and their families. Uh, our main goal was basically to um, offer scholarships. That's where it actually started to further education, not just for uh, the children, but also for, just like you said, for the, the cast members or the current cast members. So um, that was how it really started. Helen Hess, uh, Jody Glassman, Rafael Rivera, uh, Alicia Boyle, all of them were the oh, they were the they were the originals. They started it. They got the ball rolling. And it was great because they all had like really good. Uh, that was a great foundation for Jody, someone that is a scholastic, and Helen, someone that's very uh, knowledgeable about like legal issues. And then you had Alicia, who was amazing with you know getting it. Actually, Alicia and Rafi were really good about getting it out there. I started with them at the time as a rescue ranger, which is basically whenever you see someone that has actual crisis issues, um, then you can tell the board and the board will act on that. So we have a few of them now today. Uh, Jesse Lorette's one of them, Tony Ross, Ginger, um, and uh, what else is, it? we're supported solely on donations and we have a very specific core group of donators and uh, we kind of focus on 
um, people that are interested or that know the people that are being helped. And uh, that's where we get our main source of income from. But just like you said, I think we need to like branch out if there's a way to branch out, if there's a, a way to let someone know. One of them is great. It's um, the uh, Amazon Smiles. Yes. And it's amazing that whenever you sign up for that, we actually get checks every three months for close to $100, $150. And that's from 0.05% of uh, 0.5% of the um, of the purchase price. So you can easily go to Amazon Smiles, put Area 3 Foundation down as the foundation or the charity of your choice. And we just get like little droppings of like, you know, coins. Yeah, little tidbits. Yeah, yes, it does exactly. add up. Everything adds up. I laugh because I got a bill. Not This doesn't have to do with Area 3, but I got a bill yesterday from my hospital visit in June and the bill was for 12 cents. And I literally thought, seriously, you can't write this off. But then I thought about it. I'm like, I'm going to send them the 12 cents because it does add up. And when you think of all the people that that hospital helps 12 cents here and 12 cents there, they, I mean, that may keep their lights on. Yeah. So, so I, you know, I, it's great that Amazon smiles offers that. Um, And it's great that the foundation benefits from that. It really um, does. I think a great thing also is that you can actually go to uh, your place of work, wherever you work, talk to um, someone about uh, donating money that way as well. There's a way that you can, um, uh, what is the, I'm trying to think of a word, I'm sorry, where uh, basically any type of fundraising that goes on they can be uh, the corporate, um, your work can actually donate money to that particular cause. And that's like one of the things that we do too. So uh, we try to grab like American Airlines has something, uh, Disney actually has something. Um, it's it's a great way of just, just like we said, nickel and diming and trying to get that money and kind of- I think that if, and I know it's different for every foundation and every nonprofit and everything else. And there are different ways that you have to skirt around certain things. But I think Uh I've always said, look, what a great way to give back, especially when you think about all the people that really are touched by Disney and what we did and offer and what the current cast members and entertainment provide and offer. I think the money aspect would be tenfold and the things that area three would even be able to do at that point with that. Because I think people would dig deep to say, you know, you made my grandmother's first trip to Disney really special when she met Cinderella. And that's a memory my family's always going to hold dear. So here's $5,000. So like, I... No, that's amazing. We would love to see something like that. I know, right? Because then you could even partner and give back to... Give Kids the World, which Disney was tied to for a lot of us that worked there at the time. Like, so, I mean, there are just so many different ways you could go and kind of look as I show my Mickey Mouse tattoo. Oh, gosh, I really need to go to the gym and like tighten it up. So it's just (laughs) this. That would look so much better. That's my that's my 2022 goal. Going back to the gym and figuring out how to like work out with. (laughs) 
boulders. Uh, anyway, back to see how I fluctuate all over the map. Uh, but anyway, that's the Area 3 Foundation. And, and you can actually find out more information about Area 3 Foundation by going on Facebook and seeing their Facebook page. Um, we actually have a website. There's a website. Area3foundation.org. And if you have any uh, questions, general information is at info at area3foundation.org. Um, we also do scholarships uh, for uh, Department 384 um, families, and you can get information through that as well, straight from the website too. And so, even if you're listening to this podcast and you know Paul and worked with him, or you know me and you worked with me and you're just watching this, I, I think I'm going to post this link actually up in some of the Disney sites uh, after it airs tomorrow. But there are a lot of people that are still within 384 that have no idea that this necessarily exists exactly. for them. And that's huge. Uh, one of the reasons I'm so passionate about it is in 2015, when I lost my toe in uh, Europe, while I was over in Europe, uh, when I came back, I was destitute and there were so many things I couldn't care for and get done. And I wasn't on disability yet. And I really didn't have a leg to stand on, a toe to stand on, mm -hmm. much less. Um, and because things were really starting to ramp up with my XXY, I, somebody told me about the Area 3 Foundation. And I thought, I don't know any of these people. I know Toma, you know, yes. but I was like, I don't know anybody else, really. Andre, you know, Andrea Bass, but uh, but I was like, but they embraced me and they came out of the woodwork and I was able to rekindle some friendships through that and, um, and, and just really connect with people on a different level. And it got me the help that I needed. And it was, it was very needed and they've helped me a couple of times since then. So it is a, I, I just said to Paul, I'm like, I can't always monetarily give back, but it's important now that I have a voice and now that I have a platform to talk about the area three foundation and to give back in the ways that I can. Absolutely. And, that's um, that's and this a way that you can give back is just put the word out there that we do these things. We love to do fundraisers where we get people to come and see us the prom. You were beautiful at the prom, by the way, that prom was great. Isn't that I have to post pictures on Facebook. <laughs> It was just, we had an 80s prom, guys, so everybody got to wear their best 80s attire. I was it doing was the awesome. whole like side swoopy thing. and It was fun. perfect, absolutely perfect. But as far as scholarships go, we did this on purpose, and of course we extended ourselves. But this year, it is $50,000 that we have given away in the scholarships, and we did it because wow. of 50 years of Magic Kingdom. But, of course, we extended ourselves, and uh, because uh, uh, scholarships, it's really tough to go through. There's a lot of really amazing candidates, and there are some of them you just, just can't overlook. You have to give them something. So now we're at $51,100 that we have given away in scholarships so far, and it's not us giving it away. It's you guys that have giving your money to us to give to them. So that's the way that I like to look at it is that we're the middle guys, you know, we're the guys that, you know, collect the money, organize it, and then give it to uh, 
the needy, people in crisis, the people that uh, want to further their education and get to see where it goes. And it's wonderful. And that's every dime from every single person that has given, they're responsible for the future of these families, these kids and these uh, situations being resolved. So it's great. It's a great testament yeah. to when you think about it in the realm of we were a part, and again, so are the cast members that are in entertainment today, but we were a great part of really fostering and seeing the joy and magic that came out of entertainment and to be able to see that that still flourishes even within the inner circle and the inner working of the 384 department and family is huge. And um, it's just, you know, it's a blessing. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. Yeah. I've had a fly that has been in this house for three days. I have fly strips up. Yeah. Well, that too. I'm (laughs) wiping away foundation tears. Yeah. But like really this fly, it landed right here on my nose this morning when I was doing my makeup and I, I I went to go smack myself. I thought this is comedy. I, I don't. And here's the thing. Now I'm freaked out because somebody was like, what if it's one of your loved ones coming to say hello? And I was like, (laughs) no, I can't kill this fly. No, any, any of your family would member would know not to land. On your nose, especially right. when you're in makeup. Come on, give me a break. Come on, come on, up. right? Is this a sign? <laughs> so now we're going to move into a segment. We're coming up on the end of that. Well, we've got some time, but we are coming into a part of the show where my guest gets to ask me a question predicated on my medical history and my medical journey. It can be a question that maybe they've always wanted to ask me and they weren't sure to how to approach the question or they didn't want to offend me or they, I, who knows why they wouldn't ask. I mean, I am an open book. Everybody knows that. Uh, but it gives me an opportunity to answer the question for my friend and guest, but also to educate the world at large about what it means to be intersex and be in an intersex body. It literally, I tell people, it literally can be about anything that you're curious about because that's the way we change perceptions and teach so paul the floor is yours i remember uh one evening uh when we were uh finishing up drink around the world and i can't believe we were actually still um able to communicate like this you know uh you're very open about all the questions that i asked and some of them were really like personal, extremely personal. Um, So I'm glad I had that opportunity with you. One of the questions I do want to know is, do you feel support from the LGBTQ plus community uh, the same way that, uh, do you think there's like a difference between transgender and XXY? I mean, I know there is a difference, but um, some of the questions that I'm asking is I kind of know the answer to, but I would love to hear it said out loud. So sure, absolutely. The the difference between transgender and XXY, do you feel that the uh, LGBTQ plus community would support you as much as, do you know what I'm trying to ask? I'm sorry. Yeah. Not, so, uh, inter, so first off, intersex is the represent, is represented by the I 
in the uh, what so many people call the gay alphabet, right? So the LGBTQIA, I would be intersex. Some intersex people don't want to be in the acronym. Some don't care. I, it is what it is. Um, first off, let's break it down like this. Trans and intersex is not the same thing. Now, look, you can be intersex and decide that you want to identify as transgender. That's fine. But in the grand scheme of things, transgendered is where you're born or you feel you're born in the wrong body and you spend your life um, trying to change into the correct gender or body that you want to be identified as in, right? And that more or less, that's, I mean, that's not the textbook definition, but, but that'll work. And then intersex, you literally, it means that you have a chromosomal or genetic variation tissue sex characteristics of both genders, right? There's no rhyme or reason. It really is on a spectrum, but you have to have those to be intersex. So that's the difference. Now, when it comes to things like the LGBTQIA community, they don't know necessarily, people in that community, I've said it for forever, you could be lesbian and not know anything about the gay community. You could be trans and not know anything about the lesbian community. Right. You could be African-American and um, non-binary and not know anything about white non-binaries in the same city that you live. It's very, even though they they push us all together in that acronym, it is very segregated and separate and people do not know necessarily whether to, you know, whine their butt or scratch okay. their watch right? To coin a Dolly Parton phrase. So in that aspect, it's very different. I was blessed last year to be on the board for Orlando's Come Out With Pride. And I started a show at, well, not really a show, but I, my idea, because I was on in the Department of um, Inclusion and D- Diversity under Tatiana I can never say her last name. Uh, I'll say Q. Love, love, love. Um, she is now the uh, ED for, uh, she's now the executive director at Orlando Pride, which is great. Um, but we worked together and I pulled together a show called A Seat at the Table, which is where I was hoping, and this is kind of what it is now today, and that's what it's turned into, but it's where we take different community leaders from each section of that LGBTQIA acronym. And then we sit them down and we literally make sure that everybody in Orlando was having a voice to say, this is what I'm going through. And this is what we should be focusing on. And this is what it means. And right, it's very intimate conversations within that umbrella of a seat at the table. I think things like that help. Absolutely. I don't want to say that the community doesn't support me because I do feel support, but... I'm still being lumped in. Intersex people are still being lumped in with trans people and trans people are still lumping in and jumping into the intersex boat. And it it becomes very convoluted sometimes. And I have always said trans and intersex, we may be in the same storm when it comes to legal rights and legal battles, but we're in very different boats. Absolutely. And I think... It's trying to find that those differences, but also kind of the intersection of where we meet, 
Gina Duncan, who was at Florida Equality and Trans Florida Equality, she was great at doing that. She even did some intersex and trans kind of intersection town halls last year. I would love to see that continue. I think those are very important. But I, there is just so, even within that community, I feel like there's still so much that can be taught and brought that hasn't been. And I think for as wonderful as that community is in certain places like Orlando, it's still very vague and black and white sometimes. And do I feel support in that community? Absolutely. But sometimes I feel more support from my Disney community or just really, you know, my TikTok community because they really are invested in knowing what intersex is and the differences that we all face. You kept me- you kept mentioning XXY, which is absolutely an intersex condition, not even a condition, right? A variation. Pardon me for for slipping on that, but it is one of thirty nine that's right. currently recognized. So for those that are listening at home, it's not just so XXY is under the intersex umbrella, but so is Turner's syndrome. And so is um, Jacob's and there are 39 different recognized. So Kleinfelter's is a part of XXY. Uh, It is now considered a, a one-off from being XXY. So for the longest time they called XXY Kleinfelter's syndrome, but they have now in the last couple of years come out and said, you have to be XXY to have Kleinfelters, but Kleinfelters by definition is a disease of your testes. And not everybody XXY is going to be born with a full set of testes. So that's something that's not even going to show up till puberty. And only if you probably have to, I had one ovary and one testy. So while at 17, they diagnosed me with Kleinfelters at 43, they said, we don't think but that's really a true diagnosis for what you were going through. Yes, hmm. it's a one-off of being XXY, but you had one ovary and they were both underdeveloped. So in theory, we can't really say you have Kleinfelter syndrome. So, okay. but, and that, and we're trying to change that. The community's trying to change that. The, the medical community is slowly trying to, it's like recreating the wheel sometimes though. So, um, and then I, and then it, and it gets, you know, it's hard to say it's so cut and dry because there are intersex people that have transitioned that identify as transgendered, you know, and maybe they do that because early on they didn't realize they were intersex and they didn't realize it's okay to be intersex and they just think I'm trans. So, I mean, there are all these, it's almost like I, I watched a video the other day of somebody making the ribbon candy that is really popular that we all remember being like in our grandmother's candy jars. Mm -hmm. And it was a process, you know, and they're putting color next to color to make the ribbon and then they're pulling it out and they're stretching it. I think a lot of that happens in gender and genetics and just in the way that we respond to things in a social way and construct. And so at the end of the day, it's still really hard to break things apart and say, it's this and not that. And this doesn't, because it all kind of goes together just in the way that we've kind of lived life over all the different decades and generations. 
So I think it's hard to kind of, I, so I could see where people get confused. I can see where people are. um, A great example is I met a young girl on TikTok last year and she really reached out to me for help. And she would come in my lives and people would say, I don't understand how you identify. And she was like, it's in my screen name. And I kind of set her aside and I said, I'm 45. And you have to understand that people that are my age or in my age demographic, you literally are calling yourself a non-binary lesbian. And you can understand where the confusion comes from. And she goes, no, I can't. I said, well, as somebody that's non-binary, you're saying you don't subscribe to one gender or the other you're more gender fluid. And she said, right. And I'm like, but to be a lesbian, you have to identify as a woman. Exactly. It definitely. And so I was like, so if you're telling people you're a non-binary lesbian, their brain, which is not in the LGBTQIA community bandwidth is thinking, well, wait, how is she a lesbian if she doesn't identify as being female? And shortly after that, she changed her screen name, and I felt like, yes, it's this fly. This fly is killing it's me. It's all about education. I just, I just love that. I mean, uh, what you're doing right now. I mean, it's opening people's eyes to intersex as opposed to transgender, and uh, there's so much depth and layers to all of these different um, subcategories, and uh, that basically end up like climbing up into like one community. And I love that. I love that there's inclusion, that we're all there for each other. But I lo- also love the fact that there's complete definite definitions on what is happening, what is going on like with you as opposed to non-binary, uh, as opposed to lesbians, uh, you know. Well, and this is important. I'm going to share this analogy because I did it last night. Now, a lot of people said they love this analogy. So I'll do it. I'll use, well, I don't want to, okay, so I'll use, I don't want to use the wine can because I don't want that wine company to think that like I'm, but I, uh, okay, so we'll do this because this is coconut glass. So if you were at a restaurant and somebody came and put the, and you ordered a drink and somebody came and put this down in front of you, right? Okay. You didn't order it for the glass that the restaurant uses. You ordered the drink, right? Exactly. You want this for the liquid that's inside this container, this vessel. This is a vessel. It's a container. It harbors my soul and my life energy. That's what's important. When I die, none of this goes with me but my life vessel ascends to wherever you believe it's going, right? My life energy ascends. So all of this is a vessel. If I was in the male form, which I was for 43 years, it was a vessel that protected and harbored that life energy, right? So I would like to get to the place where we're not saying you're non-binary or you're female or you're male or what are your pronouns? Because at the end of the day, we're all human. True. And this is the vessel that we're in, right? And you're not my friend because of the vessel that I'm in. You're my friend because you really like the sweet nectar of the liquid that's inside the vessel. Let's not read anything into that, people that are listening at home. That's not what this is about, right? Even though my nectar is probably amazingly sweet. But um, you, you like me for who I am internally, for who I am. 
You like yes. me for my soul and my spirit, not because of the vessel I'm in. And in even having to transition just for a better quality of life, it's a better vessel because of what's going on internally for me to live longer. And had they come to me and said, you need to turn into a Jack Russell Terrier, you'd be doing a podcast tonight with a dog. Because for me, it was about living longer. It's a vessel. If you put a male and a female next to each other and then took a bus saw and went right down the front of their body and cut off all the extras, what would they have? They would have two eyes. They'd have a mouth for their voice. And they'd have their life spirit. Because then at that point in time, everything externally would be somewhat the same, right? You'd look like a mannequin. So eventually I would love... For, you know, I, I, I love pride. I love the organizations I've worked for. I love educating. But I would love in 30 or 40 years for people to just be going to a party at the end of the year and saying, congratulations. I love you in your human vessel. And you made it through the last year. You made it around the sun this last circle. Right. Like, let's celebrate that. And let's not care about who's sleeping with each other and what you're doing behind closed doors and how you're trying to find pleasure in your life and if you're going to it, like, who cares? Like, yeah. just say you exist, you're seen, you're valid, you're viable. Let's make sure that you have great health moving forward so you can stay here as long as I'm here. And Amazing. it's humankind. The way that you explain that is so perfect. I mean, it really truly is. It basically tells you who cares about all of this it's you that counts. It's, it's the fact that you have a reason to be here and you're loved because you're sweet nectar. <laughs> Hi, Charlie. You're joining just at the last Charlie in Georgia. Uh, Blair, my PR person with Russell Johns wants me to do a show with Charlie where I follow him around Tybee Island as he writes traffic tickets. And I thought that would be a riot. <laughs> and he just joined. Um, I, so we are at the end of our show and we are wrapping up a couple of things coming forward. Next week is a very important podcast. Also to my heart. Uh, we will have Nate West and Manny Karamas back on the show. They have just adopted a son. They live in Orlando. Uh, we talked about it the last time they were on the show. Not only is this a great story about adoption, but the kid is 15. And he went on YouTube last year at 14 and was like, I'm coming out. Uh, I don't really have anybody to come out to, but it's something I need to do. He created this great video on YouTube with the help of friends and you know, let's be honest, a lot of kids do not get adopted over a certain age. And the fact that he is 15, he is now in a situation with two wonderful, amazing gay men in Orlando that are trying to do right by their community and by the adoption process and by just being great parents. They will be joining us next week. The kid, his name is Tyler and he, I'm sorry, his name is Ethan, and he just started high school today, right, in Orlando. So um, it'll be really cool to talk to him uh, next week when he's on here with Nate and Manny. Uh, also, I have a podcast interview coming out with Ian Garlic of True Law Stories, along with my good friend and attorney, Irene Pons, 
also a former Disney Entertainment cast member. That should be coming out in the next couple of weeks. Please know that you can go back and watch any of the past 22 episodes on our YouTube channel. We'd like you to subscribe. That's really important for the breadth and continuation of this show and podcast. So make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to us at justjulie.com so you can find out about what's going on with me and anything that's new that is coming up. And there's a lot of things coming up. Also, if you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so by sending your donations to my Cash App, my Venmo, or even to my PayPal. We also have a Patreon account. And for those of you that love my jewelry and are always asking, you can now go on my website and sign up for my paparazzi jewelry and have it shipped directly to you. So a lot of things going on. You'll find that all at JustJulie.com. Paul, anything that you would like to promote before we leave? Uh, area3foundation.org close to our and if you ever fly in American Airlines look for this cutie yes ask him for a hot towel and be nice and be don't don't not wear a mask Uh, don't punch another person kind of tired of all that stuff yeah don't take your shoes off that's not the place for it that's definitely another thing please Please don't bring curry and eat it next to me i understand that i understand that it is amazing but on an eight-hour flight it's not what i want to smell don't take your shoes off and walk into the lavatory no let me tell you my hope water let me tell you my hope for airlines right so here's my hope Because of social media and dating apps, I think it would really be great for single women if we could see who we're going to be sitting next to on a plane. Hey, that's an amazing idea. Incredible. I mean, hey, I'd fly a lot more. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be like, I see he's married, but, you know, eight hours. What happens at 30,000 feet stays at 30,000 feet. Hey, and you have a lot of charm. Look what you can do. And and, and let's be honest, you don't need a flotation device with me. (laughs) If we go down over water, you can just wrap your hands around my waist. I mean, I am a lot better than the door in Titanic at this point. (laughs) I kind of want to do one of those 3D pictures on Facebook. (laughs) Perfect. Paul, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to put a link up for the Area 3 Foundation uh, in this podcast, in this live. And then we're also going to make sure that we mention it on our social media. And uh, thank you so much. And have a great week. And join us next week as we try another rosé. And we're here with Nate, Ethan, and Manny to talk about all things adoption. Thank you very much. Everybody have a great evening. Paul, stick around and we can finish up in the green room. And... uh, night everybody for more content follow justjulie.com that's just julie j-u-l-e-i-g-h.com thank you to our guests and thank you for joining us this evening join us next week as julie tries a different rosé